Good evening and welcome to J-Waves. I am the Corpus Christi Joker and welcome. Today I'm going to be doing my spoiler and in-depth look into the Batman. I was lucky enough to see it on Tuesday at the DC Fan Event here in Corpus at Century 16. It was awesome. Um, I did do a non-spoiler review, so if you want to hear that, it is also on my list there. You can go to my, either my Facebook and click the link or just look for my non-spoiler review. But this one's a spoiler review, and I'm going to go over a, a couple of different things and also the storyline. You should have already seen it by now, and if you haven't, see it as soon as possible. Stop listening to this one. Go listen to the non-spoiler one. Or listen to this one and see if it makes you want to see it more. I don't know. Maybe you need the spoilers to go see it in the first place. This is a amazing DC movie. It is three hours long, if you haven't heard already. It was directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, it was written by Matt Reeves and a guy named Peter Craig, based on, of course, the Bob Kane and uh, other DC heroes, um, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. I'll go through all those guys here pretty soon. Uh, again, if you haven't heard the soundtrack, the, mi the music by Michael Giacchino is absolutely amazing. And I can tell you right now, uh, the box office for it is going fantastic. So that is great. Um, and I just want to jump right into it. In the very beginning of the movie, uh, it's actually Halloween night. And um, we see a mayor who is running against someone else doing like a debate. And he's watching himself on television. And this is the first time we get a really cool look at our new version or Matt Reeves version of the Riddler who brutally kills Mayor Don Mitchell Jr. Uh, with a interesting weapon that becomes very important. Um, so basically the Riddler kills this guy and it jumps right into the police and other crime units are there and they're looking through it all and that's also the first time we get to meet um, Mr. James Gordon played by Jeffrey Wright first time seeing him and he looked really cool but then also surprisingly we get to see Batman in full costume coming in with the cops he's like part of the team at least he's part of James Gordon's team and the main reason why he's there is because the Riddler had left a note for him so it was really really cool because we just kind of get thrown right into the mix um the tone was already set from the movie because uh, in the very beginning they show the bat signal being lit up by Gordon and in the first like five, six minutes in the movie we get a really cool voiceover from the Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. And immediately I was completely shocked because it was like I was watching a live action Frank Miller comic. It was a cool voiceover talking about what he's doing, how he feels, what the criminals are thinking with the bat signal up in the air. And they depicted it in a really neat way because it was like the bat signal goes up and the criminals that are doing crimes stop in their tracks and look up at the signal. It's not a signal only for Batman. It's a signal for them to remind them that, hey, at any given moment, that dark shadow in between the buildings or behind the billboards or given off by the car or a tall standing freeform 
the dark shadow behind it at any moment, the Batman could just creep out and then beat you almost to death. Uh, and the way they depicted that and the way they showed everybody like st- like stopping in their tracks, it was really neat because the fear was already there. Then we see him with the police officers and it was like they're going like, what's this freak doing here and this, that, whatever. But James Gordon knows that he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect person to figure out whatever's going on. And especially with the Riddler leaving him a note, uh, he needs to be there. So I think it's really, really cool. Um, in the note, they Batman discovers that the mayor, Don Mitchell's mayor, Jr., his thumb is missing. So they figured that, you know, something was up. They, come up, they, they end up figuring out that the thumb is attached to a thumb drive, pun intended, and it is um it leads to a compartment under Mitchell's car that shows him with a woman and uh her name was Akita Kozlov and she worked at a nightclub that was owned and operated by Carmine uh, Falcone and his i guess you could say right-hand man aka lieutenant the penguin so Batman traces that back, and that's one of my favorite scenes because he goes to the nightclub, and that's the first time you get to meet the twins, which is most famously from the Dark Knight Returns and Dark Knight comic where the, the Slice and Dice twins, they finally got in the movie. I thought that was so cool that they did that. They're paying attention, and Matt Reeves definitely did a fantastic job with that. And it was the total twins. Like they, It was awesome because Batman goes and knocks on the door to the nightclub, to the Iceberg Lounge, and he says, uh, do you know who I am? And the twin shuts the door, gets his brother, his twin, and it comes over and goes, yeah, it really is him. Like They talk exactly the way they talk in the comic, except they didn't say slice and dice and all that stuff. But nonetheless, they were there, so that was cool. Batman wants to talk to the penguin, goes in there, talks to the penguin, and the penguin plays stupid and says, I have no idea who that is, I don't know who that is, la 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 doing whatever he needs to do to uh, save himself. While they're talking, a waitress walks in, and it happens to be Selina Kyle, and she notices the picture that Batman has of the of her friend, Akita Kozlov. And Batman noticed her notice, and she notices that Batman notices that she noticed the, the picture, so that was an awkward thing. And, uh, well, they end up... He ends up following her home and seeing that she is indeed living with Kozlov. And they're trying to figure out where to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that Kozlov also worked there as a waitress along with Catwoman, Selena Kyle. And as luck would have it, um, when they when he approaches Catwoman, they go back to the apartment to question Kozlov and she's gone and the apartment is wrecked and everything is all is is all messed up now so Batman says to Selina well now you're gonna help me you're gonna help me get into that nightclub the iceberg lounge and when they do that he discovers that um Gil Coulson is on Falcone's 
payroll. He, he, he finds out that there's a couple of people, almost everybody is there that shouldn't be there, is there. Every, I guess, district attorney, city official is there, and they shouldn't be. Well, when he finds out that uh, this guy named Gil Colson, who happens to be the Gotham district attorney, is there, we learn that it's him, and he's played by the amazing Peter Sarsgaard. Well, as luck would have it, as soon as he gets out and he tries to give Selena Kyle a ride home, because he's a kind of a creeper, uh, the Riddler abducts Coulson. And then he straps a bomb to his neck. And at the, at the mayor's funeral, he sets this, bomb, this car into the funeral, into the church, with uh, Coulson in there, and another letter for Batman. And Batman shows up. And this is one of the few times I was really shocked by the movie because uh, Batman shows up and um, tries to help Coulson. And in helping him, uh, Coulson would rather not give up the information that he knows. And the bomb blows up, knocking Batman all the way back. And uh, he wakes up in the inside the police station, which I thought was really funny. And that's actually one of my other favorite scenes is uh, James Gordon... And Batman in the police station. <laughs> and Gordon begs uh, for some time with Batman. And it looks like he's about to scold him really viciously. And then as soon as he gets out, they do the mannerisms of a scolding. But Commissioner, or excuse me, Gordon at this point says, we got to get you out of here. Punch me in the face, get the keys, run down the hall, get on the roof, and then jump off the roof. That's the only way out. Like, he didn't waste one second on how they were going to figure out how to get out of this situation. He knew Batman needed to get out of there. Because they wanted to take his mask off, but he really stopped him. So, I thought that was interesting. Um, going back to Coulson, the question that he wouldn't answer was, who was the rat that led them to the huge drug bust of mobster uh, Salvatore Moroni? And he doesn't give it up. He'd rather die. And he dies. He blows up and, again, knocks Batman down. And then, again, Batman is in the police station. Then he escapes. And that was really, really, really cool. He does a wingsuit and jumps off there. And it was just fantastic. So I thought that was so cool. Um, <laughs> this leads now to uh, him following the Penguin. Penguin seems to be a hot commodity. He's in the middle of everything. They kind of follow him, but at the same time, Selena's there too to steal the money. And this is the part where everybody's jaw dropped because when they come out and they're going to like try to escape and Selena steals a bag of money and everybody's jockeying for position and then everybody gets in their cars, Batman gets in his Batmobile and that's the first time that we see the Batmobile. Uh, and that is just a jaw-dropping experience. It is so amazing. One thing I forgot was when Selena steals the money, she opens another duffel bag and her friend's in there. Um, Kozlov. She's in there and it was just like really sad because yeah, that was her friend and for sure now she's dead. We know. Somebody killed her in that, in that operation. So, Penguin drives off. Everyone drives off. She takes off with the money. And Batman pursues the penguin 
And it's just one of the craziest scenes ever with the Batmobile and how beautiful it is and going through the oncoming traffic and it's just like, oh my god, it's so cool. They finally get the Penguin and they question him and that is fantastic because Colin Farrell steals the show by being amazing as the Riddler. He, excuse me, as the Penguin. He's so good. It's absolutely amazing. He really does lose himself. Uh, recently I heard him say that he felt like a puppeteer inside of the Penguin costume. He said it was very freeing. It was one of the most things. On the Hot Ones, he said that it was probably his most favorite experience of movie making of all time. It completely went against what he thought it was going to be. He thought it was going to be hindering his, uh, his abilities. Instead, it made him... It was a freeing experience that he didn't expect. With the performance that he gave, he said that he thinks it's one of his best performances of his career. And I can tell you right now, I completely agree. After they figure out that the penguin kind of has nothing to do with it, but maybe doesn't, but knows a lot, but doesn't know everything, they realize that they have to figure out where the Riddler's at. So kind of a tip takes them back to Wayne Manor, which if you read the prequel novel, you would learn that Wayne Manor was given up by the Waynes to make an orphanage for all the children of Gotham. One of those children was Edward, a.k.a. the Riddler, who hated the orphanage because he was bullied and all kinds of things happened to him at that orphanage. Because of that, in the book, he burns down uh, Wayne Manor pretty recently. So when they go back and it's all burnt and gross and whatever, if you read the novel, you would know that the Riddler already did. The Riddler did that, and he took much pride and joy into the, in, in, in doing that. In there, they learned that perhaps Batman's father, Thomas, and mother, Martha, um, really might not have be the people that they Alfred let him think that they were. Uh, something's up. He learns his parents did something. Very crazy. In this, he also learns that there's a good chance that he knows, that Riddler knows that he's Bruce Wayne. That Batman is Bruce Wayne. So he's like, oh God. So he goes back to the Batmobile and tries to make it to Alfred, who's living in Wayne Tower. At the same time, a letter is, de is delivered to Alfred, who, which he opens, and it is a bomb. And it blows up, and Alfred is put into the hospital. It's crazy. That scene is interesting to me because it really shows the panic of Batman. He does care about Alfred, and he really did try to save him. One thing I liked about it was he calls, and the other maid picks up, and she's like, I'm sorry to tell you, but yeah, something did happen, but an hour ago, we've been trying to reach you. Alfred's in the hospital. He was hurt pretty viciously. So that that was really, really neat. Um, in all this we learned that Thomas Wayne had a, a dark history with Martha, that she was going in and out of an insane asylum, and a reporter found out about this. So as a, as a thing, uh, Thomas went and asked for help from Falcone, and Falcone then went over to rough the guy up, per Thomas's instructions, and kills the guy, kills the reporter. So kind of, I think, really just to have something over him. So, yeah. 
so that man takes it pretty hard because he's like everyone's lied to him this whole time. He's been trying to save the city and do things for his father in his father's name and image and the name of the family when in reality maybe he's not the guy that he thought he was. Alfred says after he wakes up from being in a semi coma from the explosion, you don't understand, you know, your your father meant not to kill him. He just wanted them to scare them so he would stop doing the story about your mother. He loved you and your mother very much. Instead, Falcone took the opportunity to have something over Thomas and kill the guy. So I thought that was really a neat, a neat way to tell it. So it was like, wow, that is so cool. As luck would have it, at the same time, Catwoman got another police officer and has him, and he, he kind of spills the whole beans. He tells him that Falcone was the rat. He's the one that let everybody know uh, about all the crime syndicate and everything else involved. And also, Catwoman comes out and says, Falcone's also my father. My mother was a waitress there. Something happened to her. She was strangled in an unsolved murder, and I just, he owes me this money. He owes me all these things. And, uh, you know, Falcone was the, was the rat, the informant. So, <laughs> Batman and Gordon go to go get Mr. Falcone. Along the way, the Riddler's final riddle was bring the rat into the light. When they bring Falcone out, of course, Riddler's waiting there with a sniper rifle and shoots Falcone dead. So I thought that was amazing. Soon after, they capture Edward Nashton, a.k.a. the Riddler, in a diner, and he asks to speak to Batman. And when they talk, he tells Batman, I knew we'd make a good team. I, I don't have any muscles. I couldn't have done this without you. I'm so glad that you're here because we did this together. And Batman's like, you're crazy. You're, you know. And then the Riddler just blows up. What do you mean? No, you helped me. We did this together. All this stuff. It was fantastic acting. Paul Dano. Killed it. Such a great job. Terrifying. But, as luck would have it, he gets incarcerated into Arkham State Hospital. And put in there, you know. <laughs> but, not before the real plan comes out. The Riddler already had placed bombs. And he had been doing all this online, like, debating or campaigning and he had a bunch of followers uh that were all dressed like him help him set up this thing he knew that they would all go to this main like i would say like a madison square garden of gotham because they were going to blow up all the levees and uh, flood the city so they already knew they were going to go to this arena and all these guys were going to be there and they were going to shoot everybody the, the new mayor and any other person that was in there was just going to be a mass murder. Um, <clears throat> Batman realizes this, rushes over there, and literally tooth and nail stops it. Beats up everybody, stops everything. Stops everybody from getting electrocuted by sacrificing himself. And really comes forward and showing that he is actually the hero of the city. In front of everybody live, it's amazing. But the city does get flooded, so I thought that was really cool. Like, the Riddler's plan worked, but Batman still stopped what he could and saved everybody. So I thought that was awesome. 
um, while <laughs> while the Riddler's in Arkham, he there's a cell right next to him, and you hear this interesting voice, and you see this interesting face and hair say to the Riddler, don't feel bad. You did good for your first try, and Gotham loves a comeback story. And they kind of like have this weird bonding moment. Uh, most recently on IGN.com, Matt Reeves came out and said he could confirm that the inmate next, to, next door to the Riddler is the Joker. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> we were like, oh yeah, so that's awesome. So he, there he is right there. In a way, it was like a, a rebirth for the Joker. Like, there he was, just kind of rotting away in Arkham. And who knows who put him there. Maybe it was Batman, maybe it wasn't. It doesn't matter. But that was so cool. So, um, end of the movie, Batman and Selina Kyle kind of have this moment where she says, go with me, let's go cause trouble in other places. Let's go do something and be crazy. And Batman says, no, I believe in this city. I can change it. It's going to happen. And she says, the city's going to kill you. You're going to die here. And he says, I have to try. And I think it was so cool. For so many years, we've had so many different Batmans and Batman movies. Except for 1989 Batman, I think all the rest of them, the Batmans were not Batman. They were just mostly like a guy playing this part. In this movie, you know, um, Pattinson is Batman 85% of the movie. He is in the Batsuit. He talks to cops in the Batsuit. He goes around the city in the bat suit. He's doing everything in the bat suit. He never takes off his mask until he's in the bat cave by himself with no one around. And that's refreshing. That's exactly what I wanted to see. You know, I'm probably going to make a controversial um, statement, but I didn't like Christian Bale as Batman. I thought he was too much of a kind of a pansy, a wuss. When he was crying over Rachel wanting to wait for him, I'm like, that's not Batman. Batman wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't be. He wants to be Batman. He does not want to be Bruce Wayne. So he would never be like, oh, she would wait for me. Or he would never quit and go with Catwoman to Italy or whatever. That's not him. He stays through pain and suffering and heartbreak. He stays. He's the constant. He's the hero. It's what he does. He's also crazy. But that's what this guy did. Like He had true love. and He could see that they loved each other. Him and Selena for sure loved each other. But he chose being Batman and staying with Gotham over true love. And again, I think that is just so spectacular and such a such just done so well. You can see the pain in Batman. You can see the pain in Bruce Wayne's eyes. Like he's really, really sad. But he believes in Gotham. He believes in being Batman and making a difference. So I think that's so cool. You know, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, uh, John Turturro, Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell. All these guys are just, you know, they're so fantastic. And all the characters they played here, they just played them so perfectly. It's, it's, it was just absolutely amazing from set design to cinematography to the editing. The editing was unbelievable. I don't know whoever the editor was, but uh, I think that's who's going to get the Oscar next year because this is the best editing I've seen by a long time. I can look for it right now. I think the editing was done by... Remember these names. These are going to be two Oscar winners right here. William Hoy and Tyler Nelson. Both of those guys edited this movie. I'm going to tell you right now. Remember those two names. They're going to get the Oscar for sure. Because this is by far 
the best editing I've ever seen in a long time. Greg Frazier was a cinematographer for this movie. Yeah, oh my gosh, just so great. Um, as far as, like, the design of the suit and, and how how cool it was, I think that was neat. Like, one thing I didn't talk about was the bat suit was so cool, first off. Very cool. All the weapons were hidden in interesting spots, and they would just kind of slide out. But Batman had a contact that could that would record everything he was doing all throughout the day. So whenever he was going to that crime scene, the first crime scene, and where Riddler killed the mayor, Don Mitchell Jr., he was recording everything so he could play it back on his computer when he got home and really get in-depth ideas and everything. Like, that's where he got the pictures from, from looking at them on the, uh, on the envelope, or from the envelope. So I think that was really cool. Like, he... That was a nice touch that he he had the contact lens in there. When I mentioned that the Batman comes out of the shadows, you know, he walked a certain way out of the shadows to invoke fear. I think that was really cool. Those first criminals that he beats the absolute hell out of is just so cool. It's just one of the coolest things because there's gunshots, there's stabbings, there's everything. And he takes it all and overcomes and wins. So I think that's neat. Um... The tone of the movie and the and the feel of it is just so interesting to me. I really have... It's been racking my brain since I watched the movie. I've been thinking of it over and over and over and over and over. It's just done so well. They had a really interesting, like, look to the movie, but it, ma- it, was, it, it was the look that it needed. I just can't believe that it actually happened. It was so perfectly done. Um... I even think that it was cool that, you know, the the relationship that they built so fast with uh, Commissioner Gordon, or soon-to-be Commissioner Gordon, Jeffrey Wright, and uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman was so cool because there's a point in the movie where he tells Batman, I trust you more than he trusts, like, the people on the force. More than he trusts the his fellow cops, he trusts Batman more. He goes, yeah, but I trust you more. He tells him, literally, verbatim, I trust you more. I thought that was so cool. Like, he actually trusts Batman more than he trusts his fellow cops. I thought that was neat because he knows some of them are corrupt. And he wasn't wrong. Most of them were because most of them were in the, the club. So I thought that was really, really interesting. You know, this movie really did pull a lot from, you know, year one and uh, a long Halloween. Um, I would even say just even a little bit of, like, The Dark Knight Returns or... I would, I would maybe not Dark Knight Returns. I would just say maybe from Frank Miller's feel. Um, that that voiceover just killed me in the beginning. I couldn't believe it. It was so well done. I absolutely loved every bit of it. Um, I know that Colin Farrell is going to be doing the Penguin in the upcoming series on HBO Max. I can't wait to see that. I want more Penguin, definitely. Because it was kind of freaky. It was like he did such a great job. And... <laughs> I want to see more of that. I love his accent. It didn't even... I mean, you couldn't find him there if you wanted to, so I thought that was so cool. Um, Paul Dano as Edward Nashton and the Riddler, you know, I loved every bit of it. I loved how all of it came together. Like I said in the beginning, when he killed the mayor in the beginning, he used a tool, a very special tool, and it ended up being a carpet-laying tool. So when they pull up the carpet in his apartment, that's when they find out that he has a plan to flood Gotham by breaking the levees. And he does it, so it's neat because he comes through and does a great job. Uh, John Tutoro as uh, Carmen Falcone, absolutely amazing. Such a creeper. 
when he was going to strangle Catwoman, I really thought he was going to kill her. I was like, oh, God, this is so good, because he just seemed like the type that would do it. Even his own daughter is like, God, you're such a dog, but, oh, so great. Um, one thing we didn't talk about either is, like, Andy Serkis is Alfred. It's a perfect Alfred. He's a believable, like, badass, but also... When he got hurt, it, it was sad. Like, I got really sad because I didn't want to see it happen. That's the only thing that didn't finish in the movie is they never go back to see him. Did he make it? Did he not make it? I don't know. But nonetheless, we, we know he makes it because he was getting better every day. But it was fantastic. Um, as it all just came together so well, uh, Matt Reeves just created something so special, so amazing. Again, real movie magic. I just can't believe <clears throat> that we get to see what we saw and that it was done so well. Um, I know Matt Reeves came out and said that when he wrote this movie, he had Robert Pattinson in his mind to play Batman. And unknowing to Matt Reeves, uh, Robert Pattinson had come out and said that he had already shown interest in playing Batman. He had pushed it in with his uh, people saying, hey, if there's a way to get like a, a read-through or if I can go and do it, I want it. And, you know, just everything happened perfect. And once you see the movie, you'll understand and appreciate how it happened and why it happened and that it happened so perfect. It was just absolutely fantastic. So... You know, with the movie being pushed back due to COVID and all the other stuff, it was well worth the wait. It was so cool. Well, I'd like to know what you guys thought about the movie. I hope you all saw it. If you didn't see it, hopefully this podcast, this spoiler podcast, gets you excited to go see it. I think you need to experience it in the theater. It is not it is not fun like a like a funny, crazy movie. This is something in the realm of like art. I would I would classify it as like with um, movies like Silence of the Lambs, Seven, um, The Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I would say even like movies like Mad Max or Lord of the Rings. This is this is a movie that just goes right in the upper echelon of like fantastically made movies. Godfather, Scarface. This is not in the realm of uh, the everyday superhero movie that we've seen so much of this is something very crazy and special and i would say artistic and in a very interesting way it does it perfect is it my favorite batman movie of all time i'll say this i'm not sure if it's my favorite or if it's even the best i'll say it's my it's the newest one i was never a really big fan of the dark knight trilogy i did love heath ledger's joker i think that's what made it all worthwhile but as far as it being a Batman movie, not since 89 had there been anything where the Batman was done justice. This movie does it justice. And I feel it. I can feel it when I see it. It was so cool. So, hopefully you guys get a chance to see it. If not, wait out and it'll be on HBO Max here sometime at the end of April from what I'm hearing. I hope you guys do, though, and experience it in the theater. It is absolutely fantastic. Nonetheless, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic. I know I am. Much love to you all. And as always, thanks for riding the waves with J-Waves. <laughs>